0: name of Jesus, by the power of his resurrection, and through the merits of the cross, you go from my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now quickens my mortal body. Say that out loud. The Holy Spirit now quickens my mortal body. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you for your healing virtue. You are the healer. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You heal even if it is the corona. What you did at the cross, you foresaw this moment in human history. And Lord Jesus, you paid the price to defeat this devil, even if it was man-induced. Right now, we take, we take authority over you. You will not dominate our families, our individual lives. You will not dominate this country in the name of Jesus. Jesus! prevailed against you 2,000 years ago, and we as believers lay hold of that. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise and honor and the glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to greet someone around you and tell them, by the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed. I want to start a new series today, but it's in line with what we've talked about. And uh, I I, I want to start this because I think it's very fundamental. These are fundamental things. We hear a lot. We've heard a lot before the pandemic. If you've been around in Christendom, particularly full gospel circles, you've probably heard the subject of grace. How many of you heard something about grace? And the Bible tells us that we're saved by grace, through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift from God. Yes? Okay, so you can't earn it. However, I think that we have a misconcept sometimes about this word grace. Because the word grace does mean unmerited favor but it also means some other things that sometimes we leave out when defining it grace really fundamentally means God's influence okay now why am I saying that because God does not influence you based upon you're deserving it he influences you when you have faith toward him God created a system. God operates in systems. You know what a system is? It's a way of doing things. Okay? You know, today, Zona and I, we were running just a little bit late, and uh, her or I make the bed, and she asked me, she said, well, are going to make the bed or are going to? I said, no, we're going to take the time. And just as I was saying that, the Holy Spirit says you're not going to take the time; you're going to use the time. So I'm going to fundamentals now, okay? And uh, so she was putting up the ironing board and stuff. So today I made the bed. She made it the other the other day. I don't remember yesterday, day before. So I want everybody to understand: I don't make up the bed all the time, but I have participated. And that's just been in the last few years okay because she was trained making the bed seriously when you got up that's the first thing you did i was never that way my mom always took care of it sound like a lot of immature people i know about where you get somebody else to take care of your problem Woo! man i'm already preaching good and hadn't even opened the bible yet and so, and I says, yes, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna use this time to make the bed, and it won't take but a minute or two. Now, because I have a system, today I made it. She has a system. Because I have a system, it didn't take me but a minute and a half. Are y'all following me? Because I, I have trained myself and I have begun to make a system. You follow what I'm saying? God works in systems. Let me give you an example. God has a solar system. Do right. you know what operates the solar system? His establishment of His word at the beginning, yes. and now it operates automatically. Are you with that? Yes, sir. Your whole body's made up of systems. You got a circulatory system. You got a respiratory system. You got a digestive system. Now, if those systems are not operating the way that they were set up, it causes problems, chaos in your body. Everybody with that? Does that make sense to you? Okay. God operates off of systems. He sets up systems. But those systems, listen carefully, are made up of laws. That's why I use the word at the beginning, grace. They're made up of laws, okay? Now a law is not necessarily evil. When we think of law, we're thinking about what we can get by with. Oh wow, that went real good. When we think of law, we're thinking getting rid of freedom and that's really the opposite. Because the opposite of the law is not grace, which we have a precept or or pre made up uh, approach to it because we hear what preachers are saying that you can't come to God by the law. No, you can't. You have to come to God by his influence. In other words, God has to make a way for you to even come to him. You follow that? So, And then he he influenced the way for you to get there. That's what Jesus said. I am the truth, the life, and the way. I say it like this. Jesus is the way to the truth, which is the life. Okay? So he had to make a way for us to get to God. We can't get to it by the law. Follow me? But it was the influence of God from the beginning. That is grace. Are you following that? That's grace. That was God's influence. He's the one that had to influence it. Now, the systems that God has created, such as the solar system, was influenced by God. And it was based upon laws that he created. For example, a law of of gravity. Where would we be without the law of gravity? You would be floating in the air, going in a circle, upside down, and you'd have a hard time focusing. Because when I twirl around, I get dizzy. Are you you seeing what I'm talking about? So this law is what helps govern the system. Now, there are many laws that God sets up. So we're going to talk about in this series... It's entitled divine order. God has laws as the creator that sets up order. Without law, the opposite of it is lawlessness, okay? And he's got laws that govern systems, that God has a worship system For the body of Christ. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. He has a worship system. If you disregard that worship system. Then guess what? You violate the laws unknowingly. And you get in trouble. Everybody with that? If we violate the law of gravity, how many of you know that the law of gravity is not going to apologize for being the law? Are you with that? And guess what? The consequences can be very severe. Are you with that? So we've got to understand a few things. Everything in your life, every in your life is governed by the laws that God put into operation for creation. Yes. Everything. See, God created you to live by the law of being spirit led. And we ain't going to Romans in the next few weeks about that. There's the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus. But there's also the law of sin and death. There's the law of faith, which we never talk about too much. But it's a law. And if you put grace in in the category of being opposing to these laws, you are misunderstanding grace. The Bible tells us in the book of Titus, for example, that the grace of God teaches us and admonishes us or encourages us to live righteously, soberly in this present world. So if God's influencing our heart, we're not over there trying to commit adultery with somebody else's spouse. We're not trying to cheat somebody out of what is due them. Are you following that? In fact, the grace of God will cause you unbeknowing even if you don't even know the correct law. If God's influencing you, you will wind up being in the order of God. You follow that? Sometimes, even in charismatic Pentecostal, if you would, spirit-filled churches, we get out of the laws that govern the gifts of the spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, which we believe and practice here at Omega Church. But you can get out of that law. And it it causes a system to be in chaos. Are you following that? We're going to talk about those type of things, but let's go a step farther. It applies to your own individual, what we would call practical life. God instituted a system for the family. Are you following me? If we allow the world system, which we're going to talk about in depth, To get us worldly minded or fleshly minded, then we as Christians are always going to have this condemnation in the back of our head. Okay? By the way, the Bible says there's no condemnation, which we're going to get into in the next couple of weeks. To those who are in Christ Jesus, listen carefully. If you're in Christ Jesus, you do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay? You see, if you're trying to be a Christian and continue to walk after the flesh, you're going to come into condemnation. It's a law. Because you're operating in the law of sin and death. You follow? Now, here's the basic understanding. Let's go to the 1 Corinthians. I'll be reading out of the King James. And by the way, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 is where we're going to go. This chapter has to do with putting order in the New Testament church. Isn't that amazing? Putting order in a New Testament church. And I can tell you as... Being raised in a Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic church all of my life. I have seen this violated so many times. Violated. And it's violated because many people don't know the difference to what the flesh is versus the spirit. We think because we feel something, that means we are to act. Every law has An authority. Do you understand? Authority. Violating that authority causes consequences. Most And they're all unfavorable. Okay? I'm only going to read one verse here. We're not going to go into all of the things here, but I want to get the foundation because this applies to everything in our lives. In First Corinthians fourteen, and let's look at verse thirty-three. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That word "peace" has to do with harmonial, uh, how it, harmonial action, where everything's in in in, in uh, not. I don't want to say in sync but it's cooperative. It's for the benefit of everybody, and it's harmonious. We take an orchestra, we want them to be in a harmonious uh, symphony. Uh, We don't want them, everybody playing their own tune. Are are y'all with me? I mean, I mean, if we got the musicians and singers up here, and Richard's going to play in a different tune, uh, a, a, a different key, and 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 you got the bass up here is going to play in a different key, and you got the singers that want to sing, I mean, it'd be a it would be a mess, right? In fact, you'd turn it off, wouldn't you? Okay, what causes harmonious sequence? And not only just sequence, but harmonious, where everything has its place and order. Now listen carefully. Look at it. For God is not the author of confusion, but we could say it another way. But God is the author of peace, harmony. So as in all the churches of the saints. So is in all the churches of the saints. So we've got to understand a few things here to get this basic fundamental things. The reason why our society is in chaos is because it has no influence of God. No influence. Now that, without God's influence, there's going to be chaos. You're going to operate in one or the other. You're either going to be influenced. Not a person in this room, not a person in the sound of my voice ever lived on this planet that hadn't been influenced by something. Listen very carefully. Even Jesus. Jesus was influenced by the Father. What the Father had to say about every avenue of human life on earth. Are you following me? Jesus was influenced. If I'm not influenced by God and His Word, then I am going to be influenced by something. Okay? Now, the first and foremost thing that we've got to understand. Well, let's go to James and then I'll say that. Make that statement. Let's go to the book of James. We'll go to James chapter number 3, verses 15 and 16. And I don't have time to go through all this, but you really need at least to read verses 14 through 16. I mean 18. But we're going to read just 15 and 16. This wisdom descends not from above. So there is a wisdom on this planet that doesn't come from heaven. Are you with that? But is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And this system, this wisdom, creates envy, strife, and there is confusion, and every evil work. So there's two kinds of wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Now we can understand that sometimes, even in the body of Christ... We get a revelation knowledge, but we don't get the wisdom, listen carefully, we don't get the wisdom from above where the revelation knowledge came from, and we begin to operate in that revelation knowledge from the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of this earthly system, I'll put it like that, okay? So, how can that be, Pastor Ron? It's very simple. Revelation knowledge is heavenly information. You got that? Heavenly information. However, you can take heavenly information and be skilled in earthly wisdom and try to use that heavenly revelation in the skill of earthly wisdom. Are you following me? And therefore, it can create chaos even when we meet in the church. It can create chaos in the home. Let me give you an example. The body of Christ has got a major problem going on right now. Major problem. We come to church. We hear revelation knowledge from the Word of God. And we go out and are influenced by... By the skill of earthly wisdom, and we don't vote. There's a lot of Christians don't vote. And then we don't vote righteously, according to the revelation that we've heard. We think it doesn't matter. And that's the big lie of the devil, because he is the one that, that absolutely influences that wisdom. Look at it. It says this wisdom that doesn't come from above is sensual. Now, watch this. This word sensual is very, very important. Okay? It's, it's, it's sensual. It's earthly. In other words, it's, it's wisdom on the earth, not wisdom from heaven. That's the first thing it says. It's wisdom on the earth. And then it's sensual. Now, this word sensual, pay attention right here. This word sensual means bestial nature. Like a beast. Having the nature of an animal. Which men have in common with brutes. There's no ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we're not even... Now we've got a society that does not want you to even refer to ladies and gentlemen. Because they're confused on what body they've been born into. Now where do you think that wisdom came from? That wisdom is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Did you know that animals know what kind of body they're born in? Animals do, but people don't. Now, we we look at that, those that believe the word of God, and we look at that, how can that be? It's very simple. If you're not operating in wisdom from above, then guess what you're operating in? Earthly wisdom that has a beastly attitude. We've seen it demonstrated in the streets. Listen carefully to the rest of this definition. It means to be sensual, means to be governed by the sensual nature with its passions and appetites. So the wisdom that's in this world system now is actually taken on a beast form. Now listen very, very carefully. Pay attention right here. The book of Isaiah prophesies that there's coming a time where all of creation is going to go back to its original creation. Where the lion and the lamb are going to lie down together. This world is wild. Untamed. We call that the way God created it. Are you kidding me? God created the lamb and the lion to lie down together. Woo, shout me down. I know many people are crazy right now. They're thinking, man, I'm I'm out of my mind. They think I'm nuts. Because it's so foreign to the way we've been programmed. But the Bible says there's coming a time where the lion is going to lay down with the lamb. Everybody here? So, this, and then the next part says it's devilish. This wisdom on the earth is devilish. Everybody say, devilish. Devilish. Haven't you seen it? Everything in this world system is demonically inspired. Why? Because it's not ruled by the laws of God, it's not subject to the laws of God. And neither indeed can be. Okay. How many of you know that your flesh, my flesh, our fallen human nature hates discipline? Oh, y'all love it? Y'all just embrace it. Well, let's take your tortillas away. You may be able to survive one meal, but after about three meals of that, you're going to fight me tooth and toenail. Are you all following me? That bestiality uh, uh, attitude is the thing that makes you eat five pieces of pie in one setting. You're killing yourself, and then you're coming to church for God to heal you. You're double-minded. You follow me? Now listen, I'm not throwing any stones because I've had my own problems. Are you following me? Your flesh has to be retrained. And it has to be retrained. That's why he said, Be not conformed, but be ye transformed. And if we continue to let the world influences us versus what God's grace really is, his influence, then we're having these problems that cannot be resolved. They cannot be resolved, and you're going to live in a state of confusion because it's outside of the system or the order by which God put it into being. Everybody with that? Now, Y'all love Jesus. Now listen very, very carefully. It is necessary. Everybody say necessary. I mean absolutely necessary that you as a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ get a biblical world view. Now what does that mean? a biblical worldview. What does it mean? It means looking at this system that operates in the world from the way God sees it. There's an anti-God system that operates in our everyday lives. And it has a way of penetrating our attitudes, our way of thinking. And then the church thinks that everybody is going to be saved no matter what, whether you do what God says to or not. And that is anti God. Listen, the highest form of worship is obedience, it's not singing a song. However, we sing a song. God wants to give you a new song, a song of harmony with heaven. You follow that? Do not mistake the fact, do not mistake this. And think because you sang a Christian song, your obedience to God. Now, I know that this is very, how would I say it? It's kind of like, Pastor Ronnie, you're kind of being blunt. Well, I have to be blunt. We live in a blunt society. Genesis chapter 1. Let me show you something. You're in Genesis chapter 1. Here again. We're going back to the beginning. And it gives us parallels, parallels that we need to see. I'll be reading out of the King James. We'll read verses one through five. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Who did? Okay, then if he's the creator, the originator, he gets to set the pace. He gets to set up the systems and the laws that govern it. Are you following that? We are the creation. He is the creator. Now, you understand why this system wants you to get to the point that you don't believe there is a creator. That you just evolved. This has been decades in the making. Because if if we just evolved, then we can violate the very system that God set up for his creation. You follow that? And in doing so, you bring yourself into the bondage of corruption. You understand what I'm saying? You can bring yourself into the bondage of corruption. Because if you don't walk after the law of the spirit life, then you walk after the law of sin and death. You're going, to, you're going to do one or the other. There's no such thing as, well, I'm in between. No, you're going to do one or the other. And here's the thing. On Sunday, in this hour, hour and a half, whatever we have here together, a view, even live stream, we get all, quote, spiritual. Okay? Go right outside the door and make a decision that falls under the law of sin and death. And then we want to know why. Where were you at, God? Where were you at? Exactly where you left me. You left me inside the four walls of this building. And you don't want me to influence your daily decisions. Are you following that? Y'all still love Jesus. Everybody love Jesus. I'm just trying to give you some understanding here. This is not about, I'm not picking on you. This is, this, what I'm saying is right now, it's critical for the church. It's very, very important for the church of the Lord Jesus to understand some of the things I'm talking about. He goes on, he says, God in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the, of the deep. Now stop here just a minute. Now if God and one of the most fundamental things that I ever heard anybody ever tell me, and was told, I never forget this. The first time I ever heard it was Dr. Zirkel. He's gone on to be with Jesus. But he he, minister of the gospel, great work in, in Guatemala. And he made a statement, and I'll never forget this statement the first law of God and he used that, that term law the first law of God is order it's not chaos it's not helter skelter you ever heard that term before helter skelter was used by a demon possessed man that had people follow him in murdering people okay much of humanity's life is lived in this helter skelter state and it's created by a system that's influenced by demons now listen very carefully some people have no fear of going to hell when you get to hell If you're not going to trust God, I'm going to promise you right now. You have not seen the chaos, the bickering, the strife, and being lonely at the same time. Demons fight other demons. And here's what I mean. They're not living in harmony. It's dog eat dog. Okay? If you think it's, you ever heard that phrase, it's dog eat dog out there, Pastor Ronnie? Well, you just, I got news for you. Hell is full of that stuff. And you will be all alone, alone, totally alone. And you could be surrounded with people. You will have a sensation of total, absolutely hopelessness okay that's the thing that people have in store for them when they refuse their creator now God did not create anything in the state of confusion because we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 that God is not the author of confusion In other words, he didn't originate that. Is that right? Did we read that? Okay. And by the way, he was talking about setting order in the church. Because the church at Corinth was in disorder. Now, if God didn't create the heaven and the earth in disorder, something happened. And we don't have time to go there right at this moment. But there was Satan who fell from heaven. And he came to the earth and he began to breed havoc over God's creation. Now watch carefully. Notice what God has to do when he observes this wisdom that's earthly, sensual, and demonic. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That means He hovered over this confused mass of His creation. He hovered over it. You know what I love about God? He ain't gonna let the devil have the last word. Amen. He ain't gonna do it. You follow? So the devil's trying to steal this harmony in God's creation. Creates this confusion. And the Spirit of God hovers over it. And when God said, and I'll say it like that. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. And God saw the light that it was good. What was good? Light. In other words, he's not talking about, he's, he's not talking about the sunlight because that didn't come until later. Sun, the moon, the stars. What's he talking about? He's talking about turning on understanding because it's in chaos. Okay, he wanted his creation to have understanding of the Creator. Okay, and he said there, that uh, God said, "Let the uh, light be," and there was light. And God saw that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and he called the darkness, he called it night and the evening and the morning was the first day. Now, he goes on and he gives you a breakdown of that. The first thing is there has to be understanding brought to this chaotic mess. Everything the devil does, he does in in obscurity. He doesn't want it to be brought to the light. Why? Because he can create a state of suspicion, a suspense that has never that can be corrupted. Do you understand? It's not based upon law or principle. It's not based on law or principle. Let me give you an example from a national standpoint. From a national standpoint, You ever heard in human history called the time period, the dark ages? Right? Do you understand that the dark ages represented a personal, I mean, a time in human history, and it was centuries long, by the way, where there is no illumination from heaven. Everything's kept in the dark. You'll find during this period of time, that the religious leaders of this time were corrupt. The reason why they were corrupt is because the Word of God could not be read by the common man. Illumination comes from God saying. Are you with that? And so, there were, they were, the common man was uneducated. In fact, when you showed up to any religious practice, Guess what? You ever, you ever seen those movies, Robin Hood? Y'all don't have a TV. God bless you. You ever seen those movies of Robin Hood where the religious leaders during that time period were in cahoots with the corrupt government? Corrupt king? Manipulation? That's what was going on because the church, which was not the church. Religious practice happened without any illumination of everybody hearing the word of God. In fact, the religious leaders said, look, we're not going to give you a Bible to read. It's too holy for you to read. We are holy. We'll read it for you and tell you what it says because you're too stupid and ignorant. Sound like what's going on in our generation now. No illumination from heaven. Now listen very carefully. Our nation was born out of a period of darkness in human history. Do you know what started happening? people started standing up and saying, we want to hear from God. The Bible now was put in a language where the common man could communicate with it. King James, as much as he may not have been perfect, King James started having the Bible written during this period. And the Bible was written and it was being published. And it was given to the common man. They were starting to educate them to read it. All listen carefully. Education in this nation was all born out of the church. It wasn't born in secular humanism, a secular government taking over the educational system. You've got to understand history, it was born out of the church. Where the church wanted men and women, boys and girls to be able to read the Bible. Our nation was formed out of an illumination of the Word of God to a generation of humanity that was kept in darkness for generations. You'll also find during the period of, dark, uh, of, of the dark ages, there was not very many modern inventions of this time. It did not happen until the illumination of God's word. And God started setting things in order and bringing understanding to man about how things operate that they did not understand how to operate. And yet, we live in the most modern, technical, probably generation of all humanity. And guess what? We're going, we're, modern technology is leading us back to this place of darkness. Now listen very carefully. Remember, we got two wisdoms. Wisdom is the ability to use Knowledge. We got one that's earthly, sensual, and devilish, and then we got another wisdom that comes from above. Psalms 111 puts it like this I believe it's verse number 10. The beginning of heavenly wisdom, the beginning of heavenly wisdom is the fear of God. Now, what is the fear of God? It's holy, reverential respect. Let me give you an example. My dad was a very loving man. He loved God. And uh, I was never really afraid of dad except when I got into the law of sin and death. Are you following me? When I fell under the law of sin and death, all of a sudden now, I knew my dad was going to follow through. The inconsistencies... Of parenthood is another area by which we have failed the fear of God. And then we want to know why God doesn't save our kids. He doesn't save our kids because you as a parent have not entered into the fear of God for yourself you have vacated your number one responsibility, which is to train up a child in the way he should go. Amen. You've departed, and now you've let the wisdom this, of this world demand that you vacate that responsibility to somebody that is anti-God and does not fear God. And then you want to know why they're confused when they come home. Well, Pastor Ronnie, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I need a miracle for my child. The miracle of your child's done every day. Just like making my bed. The miracle of our room being put in order is the making of that bed every day. Not just on Sunday. woo shout me down. Zona's always told me, Ronnie, I don't want anybody popping into this house unless they first tell me. Why would we have to have somebody tell us they're coming? Well, Y'all looking at me like I, I am stupid. It wasn't because of her. It was because of my lack of cooperation. She said, if anybody's gonna come to the house, I want you to understand, this office will be locked. (laughs) Do you know why? We cannot find the desk. (laughs) And I call that Ronnie's order. (laughs) Are you understand what I'm talking about? What would happen, I'm not talking about me, okay? What would happen if the preacher unexpectedly knocks on your door? Where's the Bible? Where's the Bible? (laughs) Are you following me? Then you pull out some kind of family Bible. It's got all your family's names written in there nicely that you can't even pull the pages apart to find a verse. (laughs) Are are y'all understanding? You understand I'm not talking about me. (laughs) <laughs> are, you, are you following what I'm talking about you see these things are very important because fallen human nature wants to live a sloppy disordered listen carefully chaotic life and we have been trained that that's the way it's supposed to be but after all we can't save ourselves no if, if God saved you he, he begins to help put things in order He wants you to be in harmony with heaven. Heaven's not lived in a chaotic state. The first law of God is order. What does God do when he looks at this void, chaotic mess on the earth? He hovers over it. And he begins to speak over it. And guess what he did? He started telling the light to shine. He started telling, listen, we com- I command the land to form. I command the waters to be divided. I command this and I command that. But we think now when we get saved that God's going to leave us in a state of confused, chaotic mess like we used to live. Are you kidding me? God does this on every human being that ever seeks him. You come to God a stinking mess. You receive Jesus into your life, and the more you give yourself to his word that illuminates your understanding and begins to renovate your thinking, guess what starts happening? You start putting some order into your life. Why? Because the word of God is commanding your spirit. That's a reason why many times our spirit is having a conflict with our fallen human nature. We call that conviction. But the church has interpreted that as condemnation. You ought to be convicted of sin. If you're not convicted of sin, then you are not being influenced by God. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to convict you. And now we've gone along with the world, and we say what the world says, and half of the body of Christ, guess what we do? God told uh, in the book of of, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, He said, I set before you blessing and cursing life and death. Therefore, choose life that you may live and your descendants after you. Yet, half of the New Testament church in America goes right to the voting booth and, and absolutely votes somebody that does not choose life. Are you, are you listening? This is emphatic. God is precise and specific. He's not general. He don't want you to go. He created you to love life. And listen, listen. Our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence in this nation makes it very plain. Our rights for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness does not come from government. It comes from God. For decades and generations and even centuries, time... uh, time, Terror had reigned over men and women and nations. Corruption at the very core. But somebody started hearing the word of God. Somebody started reading the word of God. And all of a sudden, we start looking for something bigger than other people's rule over us. See, during those time periods, those people thought this. This is what they thought. We are the elite of creation. We are the important. You are pawns in our decision. Listen very carefully. The greatest, the greatest deception is the deception that the body of Christ is bought into. That if you're famous or if you have money, you're more important than everybody else. That's what's happening right now. We've got somebody that is elected to office right now and the president of the United States, first of all, is out of his mind. Second of all, he practices a form of Christianity. He goes to a, quote, building, He goes through the formality, has no clue of God. He's probably never heard God in his life. He goes there and says he's a devout Christian, and then you've got some corrupt leader that'll give him the communion of the holy body of the Lord Jesus, and he chooses death. He's not influenced by God, and he is not a Christian. You've got to understand the distinctions here. If you don't understand the distinctions here, the devil will keep you confused to where you will come to church, and you won't even know whether your body's male or female. And then if you, anybody that does know is also racist. Sin is insanity. He said, Pastor Ronnie, I don't like you talking like this. Well, get right with God and I won't have to. Let me give you these definitions because y'all been praying. I know it. You've been praying in the spirit underneath your breath. Having to hurry up. Let me give you these definitions and then I'm going to stop for today. The definition of the word law, listen carefully, a rule defining correct procedure. The body, here's another one, of divine commandments as expressed in the Bible. Let me give those to you again. There's two different ones. A rule defining correct procedure. The body of divine commandments, as the body of divine uh, commandments expressed in the Bible. And you know where I got that? From asking Siri. Now, here's a definition. You're going to love these next two. Turn to your neighbor and I'm going to write them down just for you. The word lawless. Laws, lawless means not governed or obedient to the laws of civic order. Civic order is learning how to live with people. We've experienced that in the last 18 months in this nation. We got a commission on January the 6th as sedition in our country. But what about the sedition that happened to absolute civic disobedience in other states that were ignored in the news media? The word lawlessness, a state of disorder. Due to a disregard of the law. A disregard of the law. Let me read that to you again. A state of disorder due to a disregard of the law. This nation is unique. We were based and the foundation of it was on the rule of law. And when you have people in office that disregard the rule of law, and when we're talking about the rule of law, the law, God set up the order, I give you these rights. When you have someone that disregards that, they become a tyrant dictator. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to read this last statement to you and then we're going to pray. Y'all been praying that I'd get to this point. Listen to this. God is not confused about His creation. But His creation's confused about God. And if you think that God's just going to let the devil have His run and His play with His creation, I got news for you. God's setting things up in order yes. He's bringing order back to humanity. Amen. Amen. Sickness and disease runs rampant because of a disrespect for God. I can take you to the book of Hosea and show you where there's the absence of the knowledge of God and all of his creation during that time suffers for it. That means natural creation, the birds, the bees, the flowers. All of that suffers when we don't acknowledge the creator. It suffers. It says it, it suffers. If you want to know why there's drought, why there's floods, it's a spiritual answer. Spiritual. It has to do with the heart of man. It ain't got nothing to do with God. God didn't create this. He's not doing it. God's not doing it. Where, where do you think this? Where do you think this virus came from? It came from man jacking with it, and the truth was being hid. Are you following that? When the hearts of men that rule us or govern us, I should say, and they're supposed to be leading us, they're our servants. When their hearts are corrupted and they use fallen human nature's wisdom, they're going to act like devils. Just like you take a child and you're, you're, you're raising up. You want to respect God, and they don't want to respect God, they're going to act like the devil. Are you listening? He said, well, Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Ronnie, I, I just want us all to feel good. You ain't ever going to start feeling good until you get in God's order. I'm going to tell you what. I feel successful 15 minutes after I make up that bed. I've done something that's accomplished something when I carry out the trash. Oh, there's a lot of trash that's needing to be carried out. (laughs) Hello? How many of you, uh, honestly, honestly, stand up with me, just let let you know my intentions. Honestly, how many of you feel better when the dishes are washed? Then why in the world do we fight it? Why do we fight it? We fight it because we're dealing with fallen human nature. And you've got to deal with it yourself. You've got to retrain yourself. You've got to train, retrain the way you think. Here we are teaching our children secular humanism that's anti-God and we want to know why they're confused and why they're lazy and why they don't want any, any discipline in their lives. And they d- spend their whole life on technology and they think they're spending their whole life being, being influenced by technology and not being the creator of technology. We've made them a servant. We've let that become God. And the very most important things are Spiritual. I drive to church on the back side of the uh, on the back roads because I don't like a lot of traffic. But you know what I find out? There's a lot of traffic. It's all bike riders, and I ain't talking about motorcycles. And this is my thought: I appreciate you bringing some discipline to yourself and getting back into shape. On a Sunday morning, though, you're going to do that but you won't do any spiritual discipline in your life. You're doing something for nothing. If I was to title this series called Divine Order, this is the way I'd it, A Principle Driven Life. I don't have to have the applause of earth as long as I have the applause of heaven. Father, I thank you right now for every person in the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, you're doing some talking to the body of Christ these days. And it's a serious talk. You're not mad at us. You're just wanting things in order. For what you have in mind is something big, bigger than what we've ever known before. And Father, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that's, number one, been away from you and been influenced by this world's system, or number two, has never known you, I thank you that you're drawing them by your spirit to come to the knowledge of the truth. For God, you're the God of might and miracles And when we let you influence our life, you bring order to a chaotic mess. And you start bringing harmony and peace, number one, to our hearts, then to our minds, and then even to our bodies. Whereby health, spirit, soul, and body can be restored and prosperity can fill our lives. Father, you're talking to us as individuals first because we can't do nothing about our nation until we individually accept that you're talking to us personally. We can't push this off on somebody else. We've got to own this. We can't just be told about the gospel. We have to live the gospel. Jesus you're the good news. We don't have to have a beggarly, animalistic life on earth. We can have the life that you purchased and brought to heaven. Your life, the one that you deserve, can be lived in our own, ever, our own everyday life. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of confusion... We command you to go as we apply ourselves to the word of God. Holy Spirit, you're here on earth to do your work, to lead us and guide us into the truth. And you're here to convict us, convince us to walk down the straight and the narrow instead of the broad and the destructive. Help us to value our relationship more with you than we do with others. For we can't even be a true friend until we accept your friendship. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for loving me. That you hovered over my life when I was mess and self-righteous, confused and influenced by the weak and beggarly elements of this world. You loved me so much that you kept pursuing me with your influence. Your spirit kept drawing me to where my life wouldn't be religious, It would be a relationship. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, anyone in the sound of my voice that you're drawing like that, I want to say thank you. If you're feeling the awesome presence of God and you feel... You feel like something's just drawing you. Listen very carefully. It's drawing you. I want, I want everybody to keep your heads bowed just for a moment because I want you to internalize this. I don't want you to be sidetracked what others do or don't do. But you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now on your life. Not condemnation. He's not beating you up and condemning you to a life that will be destroyed, but He's convincing you. He's drawing you, and you feel that sense of His drawing. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up in the air. Put it up. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Yes, Lord. Now, Father, I thank you right now that that conviction of the Holy Spirit will continue Lord, we thank you that we can only be spirit-led if we're word-fed. Give them a desire, a craving for the reading and the study of your word. For Lord, then our spirits begin to grow and we can discern your leading. Thank you, Father in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, fathers, we leave this place today. We thank you, Lord, that your grace, your influence will surround us everywhere we go. And that we're learning to hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Say that with me, the voice of another. I will not follow. Father, we thank you right now that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the authority of the name of Jesus to use. And we invoke that right now. And we declare, say that with me, in the name of Jesus. I declare there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, as we leave this place, fill us so full of your love. That as we go out into the world out there and every person we touch in our everyday lives, we thank you that your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. amen.